Hey, this is Jeff Bond, and welcome to another edition of Chat with Leaders, where we're passionate about amplifying the voices of leaders who use their influence as a force for good. Today, I'm excited to unpack the topic of being more authentic as a leader with Tim Huff, an executive coach and leadership advisor in the Atlanta area with over 26 years of high-stakes leadership experience in the U.S. Army, as well as for multiple Fortune 500 companies. Tim has a true passion for coaching values-based leadership, effective behaviors, healthy relationships, executive presence, and high-performing team dynamics. Every interaction that I've ever had with Tim has reflected his own humility, authenticity, grace, and his remarkable example of what a servant leader does and how they act. So I'm super excited to share this chat with you today. As always, we're incredibly grateful for those who are sharing this content with friends and rating our show on their favorite podcast outlet. Okay, you ready? Let's jump into this chat with Tim Huff. Enjoy. Welcome to Chat with Leaders, Tim. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Ah. Uh, so doing so well that this day has come upon us. It's such an honor to have you on. I have admired your leadership for quite some time that you've both served in the army and, and employed kind of in that, that service. So thank you for that. But also the way that you coach other leaders and the way you pour into other leaders with lots of great valuable content. So I just want to thank you for the person you are and the fact that you value good servant leadership and, and paying it forward to the next generation. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for saying. Very kind of you. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, let's jump in. I know we're going to talk about the central theme today of three dimensions of authentic leadership. And if there was ever an authentic and humble person to speak to about this topic, it would be yourself. So I'm really excited <laughs> to unpack this with you, Tim. So the first question I had is when and why did coaching authentic leadership become so important to you? Oh, that's a great question. And thank you so much for all the flattering comments. You're so kind. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I started to get involved in authentic leadership when I learned just how powerful it can be. I've seen some leaders out there that really embody what, uh, what an authentic leader style is all about. And when I recognized just how powerful that was, it really got me interested in what's really behind this whole concept of authentic leadership. And then the second thing that really got me interested in it, when I recognized it is lacking in a lot of ways in this world today, in all aspects of the world, from frontline leadership to uh, you know, senior leaders in, in organizations and in government and in, in just all aspects of the world, if so many more people were to embody authentic leadership, the world would be such a better place. And so that really got me interested in it. Mm, I love that. So you served in the army. I always kind of like to dig into the past just a little bit before we go forward. So a little bit about growing up or like, was there something that was inherent in you that kind of led you into leadership? Did you always know that you wanted to be a leader or who kind of inspired you growing up? As far back as I can remember, I've always been drawn to stories of heroism and, uh, you know, the great leaders of the, of the world and whether it be military or otherwise. And I've been blessed with some amazing leaders in my childhood. My father being a great example, he was in the army. And when I was in high school, uh, we were abroad. My father served in Panama and he was a battalion commander. And, uh, mm. you know, of course, during that, that period of time that we were down there was when Noriega was doing his thing. And I got to see firsthand how he went about as a leader and in, in, in his case in the army and impacting other lives in a very, very real way that literally had life and death consequences in certain circumstances. So just witnessing his aspect of leadership really drew me to the concept of what does it really take to be a leader? So mm. I, I got drawn into understanding leadership to being a leader and then eventually just getting more understanding about what it takes others to be a leader so that I can really help 
better the world through leadership. I love that. Yeah. One of the themes of this show is always, you know, where we lead and it's everywhere. It's at home. It's in the workplace. It's in the community. You know, there's so many stakeholders in our lives, particularly the only unique leadership role that we have. And Andy Stanley says this on his leadership podcast is being a parent to our children and, and, and really having a good example. So, you know, children being a gift to steward that gift and to, to, to show that example to the next generation. And we're all about that on this show of, Hey, we're all temporary citizens. So we might as well pay it forward to the next generation and leave it in a better place for them. So what's your dad's name? His name is Bill. Bill. Huff. Bill. Yeah. Well, thank God for someone like Bill to, to create a Tim Huff in the world. All right. So the next question I had for you, Tim, is what are some ways that you've seen leaders struggle with the area of being completely authentic while owning their responsibility for company performance? Yeah, I would say to that, it truly goes around how leaders are seeing what other people are expecting of them and trying to lead like that instead of recognizing what the expectations are for themselves. So unfortunately, I see so many people and it is so sad to see when they're trying to live up to other people's expectations mm. or what they think other people's expectations are or the world's expectations, et cetera, et cetera. You, you can see that snowballing around the world. And because of that, the stress just mounts up on them. They take it out on other people. It starts impacting company performance or the performance of an organization they happen to belong to. So when they start getting into this whole cycle of trying to manage perception, improperly managed perception, and it builds on top of each other, all of that could be taken away if they're truly authentic around who they are, what they're all about, Mm. and just being the kind of leader that they're called to be. It's as simple as that. It's only when they deviate from that, that it causes some discord among the team uh, that they're trying to lead amongst themselves and uh, and everybody around them. So it, it really just comes down to understanding how the world expects of you and how you're going to counter that so you can be the authentic person that you need to be. Mm. Yeah, the definition of success is is so broad, right? I mean, I think we all think that you can attribute success to monetary success or growth, but for different organizations, different leaders, different groups, success has a totally different meaning. It could be mission related. You know, you could be totally focused on serving a specific social impact mission or just feel like you have a greater purpose in this world. And so long as you're serving that then you feel like you're fulfilling that. So I don't want to steal your thunder because I know we're going to talk about some of this and the three dimensions of authentic leadership, but you're so right. And and once that's broken down, then it really has that snowball effect in terms of organizational culture deteriorating. And it is sad to see, as you said. So let's, let's break down the three dimensions of authentic leadership and how you would describe their importance. So the first one being purpose. It's interesting when you, I've been studying authentic leadership for, for a while And as I looked at all of the different things that make up a truly good, authentic leader, I've I've really distilled it down into these three things. The first one, of course, being purpose. And when you look at somebody's purpose, there are two primary things that I would think about. First off, what is their purpose in life? You know, the the grandiose, why are you here question kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And having a clear vision around that, as long as you have a sense of what you're trying to accomplish from a purpose standpoint, it doesn't have to be a whole life vision. What is your purpose? in your role right now? What is your Mm. purpose in your family, et cetera? And as you understand that, then you go into the second part of it is, what are you trying to do right now? What's your purpose in this meeting? What's your purpose in Mm. this conversation? And it really helps somebody understand how they can have an impact on somebody else and how they can have an impact on their own leadership style when they understand what they're truly trying to accomplish. Otherwise, Mm. it's kind of like the analogy of an archer trying to hit a target that's always moving or that they can't even see. You can understand what the target is 
you have a lot better chance of hitting it. So you, yeah. the whole concept of purpose and the purpose in the moment can have a profound impact on somebody's authentic leadership. I like the distinction you said about purpose in the moment too, and thinking about that down in the granular level of meetings or why you're getting together with somebody or why you're having a conversation, but being able to reflect back on your individual purpose or your foundational purpose that you can always kind of measure against, you know, with everything that you do to be your authentic self. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people do struggle with purpose, especially in their career and aligning purpose with their profession, which we've had a lot of conversations about on the show. You just did a great series with Richard Hicks, uh, who's a remarkable leader on purpose-driven leadership and one of the most purpose-driven individuals I know. So just so important to focus on that purpose. We are going to take a quick break for this message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Inspire EDU, a nonprofit organization putting technology devices into the hands of Atlanta's underserved communities. The need for technology devices has accelerated due to the pandemic, and Inspire EDU makes a positive difference helping marginalized learners. Through its partners and supporters like you, Inspire EDU helps learners become 21st century scholars. Learn how you can support their mission at iuatl.org. And now back to our chat. The second dimension is passion. Passion. And this is a fun one. And it really is as simple as just having and understanding what passion is. When you understand your purpose, you can truly bring out the passion within you. And it's aligned with the kinds of things that you understand your purpose for being in a particular meeting and, you know, things like that. And how you draw that out, how it becomes into the world is all about authenticity. You've seen people try to fake passion before. A lot of people, it's so obvious that, uh, you know, when they're trying to generate passion for others or with others or within themselves for something that they're not really bought into, it's so obvious and it's it's just so ingenuine that it makes you cringe. But when it comes from a place of authenticity and usually almost always driven from your purpose, and again, life purpose, role purpose, meeting purpose, you know, what what is my purpose in the conversation? The passion can just, just come and flow naturally. And it, it, again, going to the word genuine, it is so fun and easy to see somebody that actually has passion for a, a particular topic that they're involved in. So that's, that's what I'm saying, that the authenticity is so driven by those two factors and how it can come about in your daily life is so fun to watch. So well stated and even worse than faking the purpose is just having or passion is, is not having any passion at all, in which case you're, you're probably not doing the right thing and you're in the wrong place and that's okay. And that's a good time to reassess like, Hey, what is my purpose? What is my passion? And it's, you know, I think that's why a lot of people like me, I'm a 40 year old man. You get to the middle of your life and you have this existential crisis because you haven't really been living out a purpose. You're like, well, what is it all about? But I, I think I found my purpose and my faith a long time ago. When I was able to align that and, and say, you know, my purpose is to serve others and, and particularly to serve others in a way that glorifies God and furthers the kingdom. And, and that's, that's just me, you know, and for people that don't have a faith background, I think we all have different ideas of purpose and, and how we align that. But I think like starting with that life purpose and then living it passionately is so important too. So love those two points. So segueing into the third dimension of authentic leadership is values, core values. And this is something that cannot be overstated, the importance of understanding one's values. I say that very distinctly when, when I say understanding, because everybody has values. Everybody has core values. 
It's just a matter of how well they acknowledge what those values truly are. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'd like to go through this exercise with folks about truly distilling what truly is the most important thing to you with respect to values. And a lot of times when people go through an exercise like this, it can kind of be enlightening because something that they thought was the most important thing to them really might not be. It may be secondary or even tertiary where something else is truly driving their life. And a lot of times they look at it and say, oh, wow, that truly is my core value. And then, of course, they can shape that by having aspirational values and working towards that, which I'm personally trying to do. I think everybody, as they try to better themselves, understand what their proper values should be. But the way that I look at values with respect to authentic leadership is kind of the guardrails. It's kind of like, here's the things I'm trying to do. Here's my fuel, my motivation, my passion behind it. Now here's my guide rails to be able to hit that target as going back to the archer analogy. If not, you could truly be off target in so many different ways and really get off your authentic leadership path. But the core values bring it all down and distill it into what is truly important to me. How am I going to live that out? And how am I going to measure that value of success? Core values cannot be overstated. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I really feel like it helps with the decision process too. And really facing a difficult decision or should I or should I not? And, you know, it's, well, let's kind of weigh this against our purpose and our passion and our core values. And do organizations that you work with and, you, and leaders that you uh, coach, uh, do they struggle with kind of the wording of the core values? Because I know when I started my production business with Chat Leaders Media, I know what my values are, but, you know, phrasing them intently and living them out and hiring against those values and making sure that they're clearly communicated. That's one thing you really want to make sure you do well. Are other people like me, do they struggle with the exact wording initially when they're building something? It is interesting that sometimes, yes. In fact, a lot of times, yes. On the positive side, I'm working with a company right now, Owens & Minor, a tremendously good company. And they have a very solid set of values that truly is a forefront of how they go to the market, how they go to the public. And it starts with integrity. And it's interesting that when I hear the CEO talk every once in a while, a lot of times he starts with the values of the company and it always starts with integrity. And I I love Mm -hmm. that about this company. Conversely, there are a lot of companies out there who don't truly understand what it means to have a value. And maybe they search on the internet before a, before a big meeting, what are, what are core values? And they just kind of slap it on a PowerPoint <laughs> and say, hey, look, I got some high values. And, and to your point, a lot of times they, they could be mislabeled. Something that is what they say a core value really doesn't mean that. It could mean something else. And that's what I love about going through an exercise of, of distilling down and, and recognizing what values truly are. Mm-hmm. can really have an enlightening effect to people. So yeah, it's all about wording and careful wording. I agree. And I think that's why a lot of leaders will go on a retreat because it does take a lot of deep thinking, even though it's just, it's really not a lot of words in the grand scheme of things. It can be very simple, but to really think and know that you're going to measure up against that every single day because values on a wall just becomes false rhetoric, you know, and you want that to be lived out in yourself and, and to exemplify that so that it's lived out within your organization as well. And, and a lot of the times that deteriorates, that breaks down and Again, that snowball effect, it's inauthentic and and then people struggle. So two great points that you brought up there. Great point number one is the fact that it's a cycle. You know, you can have your core values, but you need to reevaluate. Are these truly my core values? And it's very possible they could change over time. It's it's Mm. not unusual. And the second thing that you brought up is really good about measuring how well am I living my life or how well is this company going to the market with respect to the values that I'm professing? If you're not really able to find good examples of your values, 
they might not be your right values. So mm. those are two really good points you brought up. It then becomes hard to understand purpose because if you're not living out your values passionately and then that purpose is there's kind of a disconnect. And, and I, I like what you said too, that it is okay to reevaluate that over time because I think that, you know, life shifts and seasons. And sometimes you need to go back to the drawing board and maybe do that with a team. If you've grown a team to bring them into the fray and them into the conversation of, Hey, what do we as an organization believe you should still have your individual purpose and and be consistent, but yeah, all good points about being able to reassess. So the other question I had was how would you describe authentic leadership as just freeing? Oh yes. That's, that's a really good one. I do describe Somebody who truly identifies with and brings their authentic self as a leader can truly understand what freedom is all about. It's kind of like the, the unshackling of the world and you can be yourself. And the way that I, I like to describe that is truly being able to, I think you referenced it earlier, being able to make decisions and say no to something with a very clear conscience because it doesn't match with what you're authentically trying to do, your passion, your values, et cetera. And when you do that, you, you do that with a very clear conscience. You do that with a very clear vision. And the way in which you're bringing authenticity into the world is just a freedom-based approach. And you can be yourself. You can allow others to be themselves with you. So it's just a great way to live life. And uh, when I see people unshackling themselves and I can be free now, I can be my authentic self. Oh man, that's, that is so fulfilling. I love to see that. Yeah, I agree. And then you can also admit when you don't have it all figured out and, and that maybe you can actually bring other people into decisions and, and there's no more of this fake it till you make it mentality that sometimes we're taught, but that that's like a New York thing, right? We're here in Atlanta. We're allowed to, to say we don't have it all figured out, right? That's a Southern thing, I guess. How can leaders consciously create workplace environments that are safe for all stakeholders? And I mean themselves, employees, managers, vendors, shareholders, everybody to be comfortable as their authentic selves. You know, I was thinking about this one for a while because it can come about in a couple different ways. But the best way that I've seen it is instilling a value, going back to values, instilling a value of people. And one of the best ways that I've seen that in previous organizations is through an acronym RAVE, R-A-V-E, respect, appreciate, and value everyone. Mm. And when, when an organization or when leaders or when an, an individual understands what that means, and it all starts with respect, understanding the respect for a single other human being inside your company, outside your company, inside your team, outside your team, every single human being is worthy of dignity and respect. When you understand what that truly means and how you can go about being authentic with another human being, the world just kind of opens up and and you recognize, wow, I can be my authentic self. I can allow that person to be their authentic self. And that just snowballs into into a culture uh, that you just can't beat. And it all starts with, it it goes back to rave, respect, appreciate, and value everyone. That's the best way that I've seen uh, companies and other organizations that are building a culture allow for that safety for authenticity. Everyone loves a good acronym because it's a it's a framework again. So I'm just going to ask you to say it one more time because I think that's a big idea. Absolutely. Respect, appreciate, and value everyone. Rave. Yeah, that's a good one to put on a sticky note on your computer or put it up on your wall just as a reminder. And I think that'll get you a long way. Tim, this was such a gift, man. Went by so quick. Uh, if people wanted to learn about you, your leadership, and follow you online, where would you direct them? couple of different ways. Well, first off, uh, my website, platinumlevelleadership.com, all one word, or my email address, tim at plleader.com. I'm also doing some good work with uh, the TurkNet Leadership Group. Uh, so I can be found there on the turknet.com or tim uh, thuff at turknet.com. Another great organization that starts 
with integrity. That is one mm. of the foundational things that I, that I love. So a couple of different ways to get a hold of me. Well, I think we both have a mutual respect for Tino and the work that their whole organization is doing to build better leaders. And we all care about that here. We're working together to say, okay, as the next generation, if we're going to leave this world in a better place than where we found it, then we need to, to pay it forward and take all the lessons learned and the wisdom and pour in to other leaders. Because when leaders get better, everyone gets better. When they don't, (laughs) it rises and falls. So, but Tim, thank you so much. We'll be posting all those resources on the show notes on chatwithleaders.com. And we will certainly be encouraging people to reach out to you. Thank you for this gift of being on Chat with Leaders with us today. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Jeff. Appreciate it. Hey, this is Jeff Bond. And thank you so much for investing your time with us today. We'd be thrilled for you to subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please also visit our LinkedIn page to join our leadership community by clicking follow. We're grateful for your engagement and for sharing the inspiration coming from our guests so we can add value to aspiring leaders in your network. Have a remarkable week and go be a leader worth following.